Welcome to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast aims to bring the sermon from our Sunday morning services to you each and every week. We are currently in our sermon series, Stories of Christmas. In this series, we are walking through Luke 2 and the stories of different people who played a role in the Christmas story. From Mary and Joseph to the shepherds and the Magi, each of these stories will culminate in the birth of Jesus. So join us as we share the stories of Christmas. Good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Big welcome everybody here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. And it's Christmas, so Merry Christmas. I love Christmas. I love this time of year. I love that we can celebrate Jesus, right? He is the Christ of Christmas, and it's his birthday that we celebrated. You know, there's a lot of things that are happening around Christmas, right? We've got Christmas trees and Christmas shopping and we've got Christmas movies and we got elves and reindeer and all kinds of things that are out there and it's all fun and it's all fine but what we've come to do is to celebrate what Christmas is really all about and to give God all the praise and all the glory for what he's doing in our lives and what he's doing in the world that God came down in the middle of our mess in the middle of our brokenness in the middle of the hurt in the middle of the pain that Jesus came near And so in our series, we're talking about the stories of Christmas, right? There is the story of Christmas, but all of our lives are intersected by the story. All of our lives are changed, and all of us have a different story because of what God has done at Christmas. And when a baby comes in, everything changes. So the first week in our series, we looked at Mary. And here's Mary. She had big plans for her life, right? She was engaged to Joe. They had probably sent out the wedding invitations. I mean, things were like just going like they had planned. And then an angel shows up and says, you are highly favored. She's like, me? You know, he's like, yeah, you, right? You are going to give birth to the Messiah. You are filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So Jesus, the divinity of Christ, born of the Holy Spirit, right? The humanity of Christ, born of a woman. And so we see that there, that the Messiah was coming. And I love Mary's response, right? Mary said, hey, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. This this beautiful obedience of trusting God, of stepping out, even in that moment of uncertainty. And then last week we saw Joseph. And Joseph, man, I love this guy. Because Joseph, man, he hears that, you know, Mary comes and says, hey, Joe, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? You know, like, hold on, time out. She's like, no, it's the Holy Spirit. He's like, yeah, right. You know, and and in this moment, but you saw his love. He loved her. He's like, I want to divorce her quietly. I care about you. I'm not going to expose you to public disgrace. And then the angel shows up and says, she's not lying, right? That's exactly what's happening. You are going to be the earthly father of the Messiah. And you think about Joseph in that moment that God chose him to be the spiritual leader of the home where Jesus is growing up. And think about this, that God has chosen you. That God has chosen you to be the dad or the mom. That God's chosen you to be the grandparent. That God's chosen you to be the aunt or the uncle. That God has chosen you just like he chose Joseph. And your story is forever changed. And then today we're gonna look at a bunch of shepherds. Now, I love these guys, these shepherds. I mean, they're amazing to me, right? And they had the kind of their whole night was planned out and then God invited them into something greater. I remember our first Christmas with Grace. So our first daughter was born and we were so excited. And then that very first Christmas, we were heading up to Kentucky. So Lisa's family is all in the Paducah area. So we would go for Thanksgiving to San Antonio with my family. And then we would go for Christmas. And so every year, and now... 
we have a baby, right? And so everybody was so excited, right? We we're coming up for Christmas like we always did. And, and so we were like a one-year-old church at the time. We had our Christmas Eve service over at the Marriott. And then the next morning we get up and we're packing up to go to Kentucky. Now, I don't know if you have a baby, but if you ever travel with a baby, it's like you're moving, okay? It's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you've got strollers and car seats and you've got snacks and toys and, and you're just loading and loading. Well, so that morning, Christmas day, we're loading up the car and it's taking a while and it's starting to snow. Okay, and so and I'm looking, I'm thinking, uh-oh, here we go, right? And the snow's coming down, I'm like, we got to go faster. And you can't go faster with a baby, right? You're just like, you're getting everything in. Well, we had opened our gifts the night before on Christmas Eve because we knew we were taking all the presents up to Kentucky to give to her family. We didn't have any food. We had just, you know, everything was going there. And so we were going to be gone three to four days. And so finally we start driving and it's starting to snow harder okay and the snow is coming down and and when you have a baby in the car you just drive differently too okay you know like you know you're just like in the far lane in the slow lane which i've never in that slow lane but sometimes right there i've got a baby i've got both hands on the steering wheel and i'm looking back and it's snowing harder and harder and we're getting up toward clarksville and i don't know if you've ever traveled up there on i-24 but you kind of get past that and there's like a line where all of a sudden it becomes ice and now it's like snow it's coming harder and the ice and I'm watching some cars start to fishtail and I'm looking in that rearview mirror looking back at Grace I'm looking at Lisa and she's got little tears coming down because she knows right I mean wants to be with her family we're going to be there and have this great Christmas this first Christmas with the baby there and, and and finally there was this car that slid off the road and I thought that's it babe we got to turn around <laughs> we can't go can't go be with your family we've got to go back and there was this moment of like you know her just didn't say anything you know she just knew and and i turned around i-24 we're coming back in so on christmas day we're driving back into franklin and we get to cool springs and we realize we have no food at the house we have nothing right and so we start looking for a restaurant and i'll just tell you guys there is nothing open on christmas day okay it's just like there is nothing and we're driving around nothing is open and finally we find the one place that's open and it's jack in the box okay so we had christmas day lunch at jack in the box right the ultimate cheeseburger baby right there for christmas day lunch and we sat there and just did this moment of going what is going on why are we here, right? And we get home that afternoon and we didn't have any presents there. I mean, everything was open. But in that time, we had the sweetest time. And we just spent the three of us right there. And in that moment, we played with Grace. We played with her, all of us together. And we said, okay, that's it. You know, we'll travel before Christmas. We'll travel after Christmas. But Christmas day, we're gonna be here. We're gonna be home. It's a new tradition. It's a new thing. We're coming. Now you can come visit. You can come over. That's great. Come on. But, but we're gonna be here. Everything changed in that time. Christmas changed for us, but we had this special time there. I tell people a lot of times when, you know, you're single, you know, you're just kind of living your life, you're doing your thing, you get married, right? And you're still doing whatever. You're still having your social life. You're still going out all the time. But when you have a baby, your whole social life changes, right? It's like, er, it's just no more social life, right? Because all your friends are going out. You're like, it's seven o'clock. I got to go home, right? You know, it's like, they're going, what? We're not going out till later. Everything begins to change. And here's the beautiful thing of Christmas, that when Jesus comes in, our lives change. And it may not be the plans we thought, but man, it is so 
much better. And a baby has come in this world and none of us will ever be the same. And God has invited you into that greater story. Will you accept? Will you trust? Will you follow? Will you make this your best Christmas yet? If you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles that are in the back. Uh, you can grab one. If you're online, you can go to the Church Center app. Hey, love for you to follow along with what God's word says. But you got the four gospels, right? You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four gospels talk about Jesus. But it's Matthew and Luke who give us the birth narrative. And they tell us, Mark kind of fast forwards to Jesus' earthly ministry. It's John that goes to the spiritual. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, right? But here's what we see in Matthew and Luke. We see what happened on that very first Christmas, that very first time this baby comes into our world. Look at verse one. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. All right, so the Romans ruled the world at this time. They had basically conquered almost all the nations. And every time they would go and conquer a nation, you would then have to do two things, right? You were conquered by the Romans. So you had to serve in the military and you had to pay taxes, right? Now, when they conquered the Jews, they realized because of the Greeks, like you go back and study history, remember that when the Greeks had conquered this area, then the Jews rebelled against them. So the Romans got like, these are feisty people, okay? So we're gonna let them worship and we're not gonna put them in the military because they may rebel against us, but we're gonna make them pay double taxes, double taxes. So every few years, Caesar Augustus would issue a decree and you would have to go to your own town to register. Now for us, if you think about that and you go, okay, I would have to go to where I was born. All right, so for me, going to San Antonio, Texas, I'm thinking, okay, that's gonna be inconvenient, but we'll jump Southwest, you know, right? We'll drive, we'll get there. But for them, they're walking, right? You're like literally walking. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. So 90 miles, 90 miles they're traveling right? They're thinking, oh man, we are getting ready for the wedding and we're going to have all this stuff, right? And no, they're traveling 90 miles and they're walking or on the back of a donkey. Bethlehem is Bethlehem, right? In the Hebrew, it literally means house of bread, house of bread. Now, how awesome to think about this, that God would use this pagan ruler, Caesar Augustus, to issue a decree to move Jesus from being born there in Nazareth down to Bethlehem because he was born in the house in the line of David, fulfilling all these messianic prophecies. Joseph's in the line of David. You go Matthew 1. Mary's even in the line of David, Luke chapter 3. But all that happening right here. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Okay, now think about this. Not only are you going 90 miles, not only are you walking, but imagine Mary being nine months pregnant. (laughs) I mean, that's unbelievable, right? But see, Caesar doesn't care about pregnant women. He doesn't care about the elderly. He doesn't care about, he just wants his money, right? So he's just saying, you got to come down here. You got to register. And Mary's walking nine months pregnant. She gets there to Bethlehem. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
So Bethlehem has probably swelled to four to five times its normal size. People coming from all over. A lot of people born in that line of David. So there's no room. So they show up. She's getting ready to give birth. She wants to be with her mom. You know that, right? You know, she wants to be at home. She wants to be with her family. She wants to be with her friends. And the only place that they can find is a barn, a stable, probably more likely a cave, actually. And here they are in the middle of this cave and Mary is giving birth. And don't you know, Mary and Joseph are both going, God, where are you? Right, I mean, you've told us that this is the Messiah. You told us that we were having this special baby and now we show up and we're not in some suite at some penthouse hotel. We're in a stable. God, where are you? God, where are you? Maybe you've been there sometime in your life, right? It's like, man, it's not going the way I thought. It's not working out in my life the way I planned. God, where are you? And then it goes to verse eight. It says, there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, shepherds, man, these were just hardworking, ordinary guys. I mean, these were like the, the run of mill. These were the guys, guys, right? You're taking care of the sheep. They're out there at night, sleeping out under the stars because you would have wild animals who would come and take the sheep. You would have robbers who would come and take the sheep. So they're spending the night outside, taking care of the sheep. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Now, I think that may be the most underrated, you know, scripture right there because these guys are probably scared of death. I mean, it is dark. It is pitch black. And an angel shows up. And angels are warriors of light, okay? They're not like the plump little baby with the halo playing a harp, right? I mean, angels are warriors of light. So here are these guys sleeping out. It's total darkness. And this angel of light shows up and the glory of the Lord shines around, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. (laughs) Hold on, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Don't you love that our God is a God of joy? Don't you love, see a lot of people think that God's always angry or God's always mad at them. No, 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 no. Our God is a God of joy. Our God created joy. Our God created laughter. Our our God created smiles, right? He is a God of joy. I come to bring you good news that will cause great joy. And then look at this, for all the people, all the people, not just for the Jews, not just for the Gentiles, not just for the religious, not just for men, not just for women, right? For everybody, I come to bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. to you. You imagine these shepherds going, what? To me? Yeah, to you, to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the one you've heard about. The Messiah is coming and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I'm sure they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Run that back again real quick. You know what? What do you mean? We figured the Messiah would be, you know, in a palace. We figured the Messiah would be at the temple, but No, you'll you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. Man, that's amazing. Joy and peace. You know why we have joy and peace? Why do you celebrate at Christmas? Because of Jesus. Peace, 
peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. Well, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now look at verse 19. Look at this. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You imagine Mary right there just after giving birth. I mean, worn out, exhausted. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. (laughs) Which were just as they had been told. Man, their story changed. Their life changed because a baby came into the world. And not just any baby, the son of God, the Messiah. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you have a worship guide, if you're online, if you wanna go to the Rolling Hills app there at the Church Center app. But here's some things I want us to get today from the Christmas story. And I pray will impact all of our stories even today. First of all, as you see this, the good news, the good news of Jesus is for everyone. The good news of Jesus is for everyone. And God was making that so clear right here. See, it says an angel of the Lord appeared to them, these shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Now remember this, the shepherds are ordinary people. The shepherds were ordinary people. And you think if God's making a birth announcement about the Messiah, why did he come to shepherds? You know, Jerusalem is only six miles away. Right, so you got Bethlehem, you got Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, there is the high priest. In Jerusalem, there are the Pharisees, there are the Sadducees, there are all the religious leaders are only six miles away. Why didn't God go to the religious people? Why didn't God go to the people, right, who have been studying the Torah, who had their seminary degrees? God went to a bunch of ordinary shepherds, ordinary people. I love that about the Lord. I love that about the gospel. The gospel is not just for the religious. It's for all of us. You know, what's amazing to think about is that these shepherds were probably taking care of the sheep because they kept the sheep at Bethlehem, the same sheep that were sacrificed there at the temple. So imagine this, when John the Baptist first sees Jesus, what did he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That even at the birth of Jesus, God was making it so clear. Listen, Jesus is coming for you. Jesus is coming. It's the gospel to take away your sins. That we don't have to bring a sacrifice today of a lamb because the lamb of God has died for us. And he made it so clear to these ordinary shepherds. Listen, don't disqualify yourself. Don't disqualify yourself from knowing and serving God. You know, there's so many times people go, well, you know, I'm just, I'm not a pastor, right? I'm not, you know, a preacher. I'm not on staff. I don't know the Bible that well. I didn't really grow up in church. I, you know, I mean, I just, I mean, all these times we're like, oh, I this or that or this, you know, no, 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 don't disqualify yourself. When God speaks to you, when God tugs at your heart, when God invites you in, you trust him. You know what's amazing is these shepherds, because they took care of the sheep, they were considered ceremonially unclean, right? They couldn't go worship at the temple, but they could worship Jesus. They could worship Jesus. They'd have to get cleaned up there to go to the temple, but boy, they could come just as they were to Jesus. Always be ready for God to move in your life. Always be ready 
for God to move in your life. You know, so many times we just think, oh, well, you know, that's for somebody else or that's for them or that's for my mom or that's for my friends or that. No, no, no. What about you? (laughs) What about you? What is God doing in your heart? What's God saying to you? This Christmas, what about you? (laughs) How's your life being impacted? How are you worshiping? How are you growing because of what God's done at Christmas? That's the thing I think we all know. And and there's a lot of people who go, well, yeah, if an angel showed up, sure, right? I mean, I would trust God. I would follow God. And God's going, I've done so much more than that. I've given you 66 books, right? Jesus not only showed up then, but man, Jesus died on a cross. Jesus was resurrected. Now you have the Holy Spirit. You have so much more than just an angel showing up. You have God's word and God's truth inside of you. See, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. As a Christ follower, I believe in God and sentences. I believe that God's always working in our lives and through our lives. And if we will just trust, if we'll just start to see situations, God, you have a plan. God, you have a purpose and I'm gonna trust you. See, these shepherds acted. They acted on what God told them. And I think this is what you see with Mary, with Joseph, and now with these shepherds. They acted on it. Look, it says, when the angels left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, you know, it wasn't only these shepherds who saw. I mean, if you've got an angel showing up, you got the glory of the Lord shining around, you got a whole heavenly choir that was there. It was more than just these shepherds that saw it. And maybe other people went, well, you know, I'm kind of busy or that was a UFO or whatever they said. But, but these guys were like, no, we want to be a part. Let's go. See, when God comes to you, how will you respond? How will you respond? Last week, if you missed last week, go back and watch or listen, you know, online. But, but I wanna encourage you because we talked about the five different ways that God speaks to us. And God's always speaking to us. The question isn't whether God speaks. The question is whether we'll listen. <laughs> right? The question isn't whether God speaks. God still speaks today. The question is, will we listen? And then when we listen, will we respond? Will we trust? And this is where you see the sovereignty of God and the free will of man intersect. The sovereignty of God, that God is in control of everything, right? But God is inviting us to respond. You you know, it's not love if you force somebody to love you. But when somebody chooses to love you, right, that's love. And so God didn't create us as robots. God created us with a free will to respond back to him. So when God nudges in our hearts and our lives, how do we respond? See, you think about all the excuses that these shepherds could have made. These shepherds could have made a ton of excuses, right? They could have been going, well, if we leave, what's gonna happen to the sheep? If we leave, maybe we'll lose our job. You know, the boss is gonna fire us because we're not here. If we leave, right, and go, people are gonna think we're crazy. You know, because the angel wasn't real specific on which barn or stable, right? He didn't give them the address. So we're gonna be going to every barn, every stable. Like anybody in there? Is there a baby in a manger in here? You know, like, I mean, people are gonna think we're nuts. Right? Oh, what is my wife going to think? It's 7 a.m. and I'm not at home because I'm out looking for the Messiah, right? I mean, there's all these excuses and we have those today. We have excuses. Well, I don't know about being baptized. I don't want to be in front of a bunch of people. I, I, don't, want my, I don't know how I look with my hair wet. I don't know what people are going to think. I don't know what people are going to do if I really get serious about following the Lord. I don't know if my, my family's going to think if I say, hey, before we open presents, how about we read the Christmas story? 
I don't know what my extended family is going to think if I say, hey, before we eat, can we pray? Or, or, or can we just say something we're thankful for? Can, can we take a moment? I, I don't know how people are going to respond. But here's what I would encourage you this Christmas. Overcome the excuses and join God in what he's doing. <laughs> just overcome the excuses and just say, okay, God, <laughs> I may not understand it, but you're prompting my heart to send a text or email. You're prompting my heart, right, to send a present. You're prompting my heart to pray. I, I'm gonna trust you in this. I'm gonna trust you in this. I love these shepherds because it says this. So they hurried off. They didn't sit around and talk each other out of it. They didn't sit there and debate about it. They just said, no, we wanna be a part of what God's doing. Let's go. Let's go. They hurried off and they found you know, they're searching, right? They're going to every place. They're searching until they found him, Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They found him. Isn't that incredible? It tells us in Jeremiah, it says this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. This Christmas, are we seeking the Lord with all of our heart? <laughs> are we saying, God, I wanna know you. God, I wanna grow in you. God, I wanna grow in my relationship with you. God, I wanna be the man or woman you created me to be. God, I don't wanna miss it. <laughs> I wanna know you. Here's the fun part too, is this. The shepherds were the first preachers of the gospel. Way to go, preacher. You know, I love that, right? The shepherds were the first preachers of the gospel. It wasn't the seminary people there in Jerusalem. It wasn't the ones who had studied all the time. It was a bunch of shepherds. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They just started going around telling people, hey, listen, the Messiah's here. Hey, listen, we've seen him. Hey, God has come to us. God is here for us. God entrusted, God entrusted the good news of the birth of his son to a bunch of shepherds. But you know, if you look throughout Christianity, you know, that's how the gospel is spread. If you looked throughout Christianity, it was ordinary people who just started telling their friends and their families and others about Jesus. That that's what God does. He calls ordinary people. Maybe you remember the disciples, Peter, James, John, those guys, they were fishermen, right? They were ordinary fishermen. Later on, they're arrested, right? They stand before the Sanhedrin and it says they, they looked at these guys and they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished, but they took note that these men had been with Jesus. <laughs> they took note that there was something different about their life. They took note that they had been in the presence of God. And these shepherds, they did that. Hi, think about this. God entrusts, God entrusts the good news today to a bunch of people like us. <laughs> Ordinary people. Ordinary people who are just out, hey, let me just tell you what God's done in my life. Let me just tell you, I'm not perfect. Let me just tell you, I've gone through struggles. Let me tell you, I, I'm just like you, but, but I wanna tell you what God's done in my heart, that God's done in my life. When I was in college, I had this great group of friends. I love these guys. And, and then I would come home uh, from college and I had a great group of friends at home, which was fun. Uh, guys that we had gone to church with and, and everything. So we all went to different colleges and we would come back and meet up. And, and one summer, one of my buddies was dating a girl. And so she hung out with us, you know, for the summer. And toward the end of the summer, I, I asked him, I was like, hey, um, you know, do, does she know Jesus? And he's like, no, he's like, I've been wanting to talk to her, but I don't know what to say. And, and he's like, I was like, well, I, I would just encourage you, you know, talk to her at some point. And he goes, hey, why don't you talk to her? And I'm like, I'm a college kid like you, man. <laughs> you know, he's like, no, no, why don't you say, I'm like, 
Well, okay. And so one night we were at dinner and we were sitting down at kind of this end of the table. And, and I just thought it was a prompt of spirit, right? You're just going, okay, I don't know what to say, but I, I'm just going to step into it. And I just go, hey, Leah, I, I don't know where you are spiritually, but, but we all grew up going to church together and, you know, we, we, we've committed our lives to Christ. And I just want to tell you what God's done in our lives. And I'll never forget what she said. She just looked at me and she looked at him right? and, and she goes, I knew there was something different about y'all. And I always wonder why you never said anything. <laughs> and I go, I don't know why either. I'm sorry. But listen, I just want to tell you about him now. <laughs> and we had the opportunity just to talk about Jesus and where she was and watching her give her life to Christ. And I mean, it, it was amazing. But I always come back to that. You know, I don't know why you didn't tell me. I, I knew there was something different. And for us, we have this opportunity. So I just want to encourage you, share God's good news this Christmas. Share God's good news this Christmas. Guys, we can talk about reindeer all we want to and elves and movies and, and, and it's fun and it's great. But, but somehow this Christmas, let's be like those shepherds. Let's just tell people. And people were amazed when they heard, right? That's why we do the wrapping station. I love that we do the wrapping station. In the middle of Cool Springs Mall, we're out wrapping gifts for free for people. And people can't believe it, right? If you've done the wrapping station, people will throw money at you. We're like, we're not taking money. It's just our gift, right? And they can't believe it. The cookie store always brings us cookies. You know, they're like, thank you for serving. You know, it, but it's just such a ministry. I was there with our community group last Monday night. And, and before our group got there, there was a young man who came up and, and we just started talking. And, and here he is. He's a young guy. He's dating. He's like, I just don't know what's going on. And I'm like, hey, can I pray for you? He's like, okay. So we prayed right in the middle of the mall. You know, it's just like there's opportunities that are all around. And, and maybe for you, it's giving a Bible this Christmas to a coworker or a friend. Maybe you just stop by the little Rolling Hill store out there. You go on Amazon or maybe it's to your child. Maybe an age appropriate Bible. Maybe it's writing on a Christmas card instead of just signing your name. You, you just write a little note. And you write a scripture verse. And or maybe it's sending a text. Man, I don't know what it is, but I pray this Christmas we could be like these shepherds. And just say, hey, listen, my life's changed. I want you to know. I just want you to hear. Maybe it's an invitation to Christmas Eve. You have extended family in town and other people. But let's make a difference. And then look at this. The shepherds returned. The shepherds returned different after being with Jesus. They returned different. It tells us right here, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds returned to their everyday life, right? They didn't go to a convent, right, and move in. They didn't go over to the temple and say, hey, we're just gonna stay here. They went back to their family. They went back to their friends. They went back to their job. They went back to their community. They just went back different. <laughs> they went back in awe of what God was doing. They went back in love with a savior. They went back with their lives were changed. See, glorifying and praising God, that's our invitation to worship. It's our invitation to worship. And it's not just on Sunday morning where we come and do four or five songs and they're awesome and we go, man, I worshiped. It's like, yes, I worshiped then, but that should whet my appetite for living a life of worship. For living, like every day I can look around and go, God, I just want to praise you. God, I want to thank you. And when you see the smile of a child, when you when you have family or friends and you laugh, when you experience the things that God's doing, you just go, God, I want to praise you. God, I want to thank you. When God blesses you and somebody gives you something and you just see that generosity unleashed, God, I want to praise you. God, I want to worship you. 
that we are different people because of experiencing the goodness and grace of God. It tells us in Romans chapter 12, it says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, I mean, think about what God's done for you. Think about that. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. If you wanna know what, you're, what you worship, just think about this. It's my mind's attention and my heart's affection. My mind's attention, my heart's affection. And so this Christmas, can I just go, man, I, I wanna think about the Lord. I wanna give him praise. I wanna worship him. I wanna grow in my love for God, my love for others, my love Father, for what you're doing in my life and the life, my community. God, I wanna be a person of love. I wanna worship. Being with Jesus calls us to worship God and, and to minister to others. Being with Jesus calls us to worship God and to minister to others. You know, when we were stuck there at Jack in the Box and, and we were sitting there having lunch on that Christmas day, Lisa and I were talking about the people who had to work that day. We were like, man, you know, I mean, these guys, right? The girls, I mean, they're serving us lunch. And so the next year for Christmas, uh, we went back to that Jack in the Box and, and we had little gifts made up and we kind of popped into the Jack in the Box door and we sang, we wish you a Merry Christmas and all the people sitting there looking at us, you know, and, and we took gifts over it. And the, and the people who were working there, they were so happy. They just came out from behind the counters and we had this just special time. And, and, and I just thought, wow, you know, it's just that opportunity that you have to minister to people. And maybe you look around and people who, you know, I mean, you know, you go to the same place to get your oil changed. You go to the same place, right? The same doctors, the same places that you go. This could be the time that you step in and just go, hey, I want to minister to you. I want to encourage you. I want to bless you. Guys, think about this. Remember verse 19 that we talked about? But Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary is worn out. Mary is exhausted. Emotionally, physically, she is spent. Joseph is sitting there bewildered. God, where are you? He's pushing cows and sheep away from his baby and just thinking, God has forgotten us. This is horrible. This is terrible. Why are we here? I'm not at home. And then a bunch of shepherds bust in and go, where is he? Where's the Messiah? Where's the one born king of the Jews? We've come to worship him. And I think Mary just went, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You haven't forgotten me. God, you see me. Those shepherds, God used them to minister. God used them to minister. Guys, there's a lot of people this Christmas that it'll be hard. You know, when Christmas is good, it's really good, right? And when it's hard, it's really hard. And there'll be people who, they won't be able to be at home with family or friends. They won't be able to travel or, or maybe they'll have family or friends who've passed this year. There won't be the same people around the table anymore. And maybe God will use you. <laughs> maybe God will use us. Maybe God will use you to send a, a text or a, a phone call or, or a prayer or a note or a word of encouragement just to minister and say, let me tell you, God sees you. God knows. God cares. And your story's not over. Maybe you're here today and, and Christmas isn't going the way you thought. <laughs> Maybe you're here today and things are hard. Maybe you've been going through an illness. Or, or maybe there's somebody in your life or extended family who's passed from this life to the next and you, you're dreading Christmas. I mean, honestly, 
Maybe in your life it's been a really hard year. And you just wonder, God, do you see? God, do you care? And maybe today, God shows up right here through his word. Maybe God shows up through a song. Maybe God shows up through a friend or a spouse or a child and says to you, I care. I love you. In fact, I love you so much that I sent my one and only son for you. The whole reason there is a Christmas is because of you. If you had sinned and you were the only person in the world, God still would have sent his son. There would still be a Christmas. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You matter that much to God. Today, would you know that? Today, would you experience what Christmas is really all about? That God came for you. And God loves you with an everlasting love. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Oh, Father God, here we are. A bunch of ordinary people, God, that you have invited into your story. And today, I pray right now that you would speak that you would move. Father, I know for some here today, even Christmas is hard. And maybe we find ourselves this year in a place we didn't expect. Maybe we find ourselves knowing that we can't be with family or friends or it's gonna be different. But God, I pray today that we would realize that you are with us, that God, you are for us. I pray that God, this would be her best Christmas yet because we would see you. And we would know that you haven't given up on us. We would know that the best is still to come in our lives. And so I pray today for salvation. (laughs) Maybe for some here today who've never given their heart and life to you, that Jesus, you wouldn't just be born 2,000 years ago, there in a stable, laid in a manger, but that you would be born in our hearts. You would come alive inside our soul and our spirit, that you would bring new birth to us. Maybe today, God, you're speaking to us about salvation or or baptism or, or joy or hope or peace. God, if we're a Christ follower today, God, let us share that joy. Let us point others to you. Let us be the hands and feet of Christ this Christmas. Because, God, we've experienced you. A baby has come and everything's changed. Our stories are different. Our stories are better. Our stories are greater because you're with us in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the fear, in the middle of the worry. God, you came near. Thank you for the angels who proclaimed. Thank you for the shepherds who received. And thank you for calling us to be your sons and your daughters and to receive the gift of Christmas this year. Christ is here. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any friends and family in your life who may benefit from it. And make sure you're subscribed and get notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download Church Center, our Rolling Hills app. Follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.